Hi, we're Josh and Arielle Wamsley, owners of Green Valley Tree LLC, based in North Wyndham. We're proud to sponsor Connecticut East this week and to serve the communities of Wyndham and New London counties with our tree removal and plant health care services. Visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com for a full list of our services or give us a call on 860-234-4041. We look forward to hearing from you. Finding the EMTs, firefighters and first responders of the future. We talk to educators, students and first responders about a new EMT course being taught to high school students. Plus, we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott-Smith. Finding people to become the next generation of EMTs, firefighters or first responders is becoming an increasingly difficult task. While years ago people in their communities would volunteer at their local fire station, but today with more people having to take on multiple jobs to keep their income coming in to pay for everyday essentials, plus the current mood in the country against certain first responders like police, the volunteers just aren't there anymore. So one school in eastern Connecticut has teamed up with their local fire department to try and encourage young people to consider a career as EMTs, but also so they can hear the stories of those who do the job on a daily basis. I visited Wyndham High School where this new course is being taught and spoke with Dr Tracy Youngberg, the school superintendent of Wyndham Public Schools, also Pamela Kavanagh, the principal of Wyndham High School, plus two students, Tyler Walters and Adelise Gonzalez, who are both 17 years old, who are taking the new course as well as speaking to first responders who are teaching it. I want to turn to you first, superintendent. This is maybe an unusual course to be taught at a high school, but it's being taught. Why did you decide, yes, let's do it? So this course is up is the start of what we hope to see as a complete transformation of our high school in terms of our college and career pathways. We're grateful to the uh, Wyndham Fire Department and the emergency service providers in town because they are opening up opportunities for our students and not only in the technical skills that they're talking about, but also in the emotional skills necessary to actually interact in our communities. So I'm incredibly proud of our principal, Kavanaugh, for reaching out and, and getting this particular opportunity set up for our students. It is, um, it's really exciting stuff. Pamela, let me turn to you. You know, as the principal of a school, tough job. You know, you've got students wanting to do all sorts of things, but you've got an educational agenda that you have to meet, that you have to get these kids through. This is incredible. Why did you decide, again, that you wanted to do this? In talking with the chief of our Willimantic Fire Department, he is a firm believer that he wants to grow your own firefighters here in Willimantic. He wants our students to be our firefighters. He wants our firefighters to look like our students and like our town. So that was really important to us. We also have three pathways at our school, and one of our pathways is law, human services, and public safety, and another one is the health sciences pathway. So this course actually is a complement to both of those pathways where, you know, if students want to go into a career in the health field 
or if they want to go into a career in public safety, this is the perfect course that provides them with not only um, the technical skills, but the skills that Dr. Youngberg was talking about, you know, the communication skills, the collaboration skills. And uh, so I think in all those ways, this is a really important course, and we're very lucky to have it here at our high school. It's only just started, so obviously it's on trial sort of thing. But what are the students saying to you already, the ones that have actually shown an interest and are actually on the course? The students are really excited. Outside we have the ambulance that was donated to us. The students have been out in the ambulance. They've been learning how to navigate using the ambulance. They've been learning how to CPR, taking blood pressure, just uh, first aid. It's multifaceted. So the students are really excited because they're going into, you know, some of them are juniors and seniors. They're going into the workplace and they're figuring out how does this apply into anything that they want to do when they graduate Wyndham High School. So they're they're really excited about it and they feel it's a real hands-on course and it's really applicable to you know what they want to do with their lives. It's a, a two-year course. Obviously, if they stick it out, there is, I believe, a qualification or, or some sort of accreditation at the end of it. Do you think this could be a model for other schools in the state? I do. I actually think the message that was delivered this morning in the guest, through the guest speakers was that this is a step along an opportunity ladder or a career ladder and that they, the students should be thinking about that, that each time they earn a different certification or have another opportunity to master a set of skills, not only do they have the opportunity to impact the community, but to impact themselves and their families in a positive way. So I do think it's a model that could work for students all over the state. The other thing, of course, is, and and not knocking, obviously, what kids are taught in school, because everything is important, but this is real-life stuff. I mean, you don't get any more real life than this. You've got a fire chief there, you've got guest speakers, people who are actually working in the field. Do you think that's another way forward for schools as well, for certain new courses as they continue to develop, so like educational agendas going forward? Absolutely. Um, The message that I saw coming through clearly from the guest speakers was it's about marketable skills, it's about mentoring, and it's about opportunity. So MOM is the message that I think the kids heard over and over again from everyone who who spoke this morning and who are taking the course in general. It really is about developing skills that are going to help you succeed in your future, whatever that might be. Principal, I just want to get back to you. I mean, you've already said, you know, you were part of the discussion to get this course going here. We're in eastern Connecticut, often part of the state which is forgotten. It's called the quiet corner sort of thing. You must be incredibly proud that you've pulled this off with the Willimantic Fire Department and potentially could, you know, go go statewide because it has all that potential to do so. We are very grateful here to the Willimantic Fire Department and excited that not only the Willimantic Fire Department, but the speaker here today is from Dayvel and some of the surrounding towns. And soon uh, in the spring, the students are going to be going on ride-alongs with on ambulances with the other local fire departments and getting experiences. So I think that, you know, this is really important to the local community. And we're very grateful to all the other towns who are supporting this effort. And Superintendent, final question to you. You know, we often hear in situations in these smaller towns that they are lacking volunteers when it comes to things like EMT, firefighters, etc., which do rely on their local residents helping them out. Do you think this will spark those students into possibly thinking about, you know, volunteerism as and when they're old enough to do so? And maybe, you know, their interest in it might also spark like more interest as well? I absolutely do, and I think one of our students even said that out loud today, that they had not imagined or, or thought about volunteering before the message was delivered to them today. So I do think it's a great way to, it's, it's, it has a 
the potential for a really positive impact on the community, not to mention the individual students and their families. So absolutely agree. Now, you're at this new EMT course here. You're both students at uh, Wyndham High School. Tell me why you were interested in it. I was interested in this class because one of the majors I'm interested in pursuing is physical therapy. So not only do I get the basic skills, say if I'm in a public area and someone needs help, I could be that person to help them. But for physical therapy, you know, you need to learn like every part of the body and how to help people get back to how like normal, how it's supposed to be. So that's why I like this class. And Tyler, what about you? Why were you interested in this course? Mine is really the same reason, but with what I want to major in, I could be an athletic trainer for a sports team, and I thought that would be really cool. And knowing all the basics, I could help them with their injuries, help them recover faster, and all that fun stuff. And how have you found it so far? Because you have, obviously, the backing of the Willimantic Fire Department, which has incredible experts. You've had a guest speaker today. Tell me how it's going so far. What are you learning? It's going great. We're learning about, like, CPR. We're in the CPR stage right now. Um, we learned how, like, the respiratory system, all that great stuff. But, yeah, it's going good. The guest speakers are great, and they're teaching us a lot. And as you can hear in the background, anyone listening, we're actually at Wyndham High School as they're making their announcements here, so we're right in the thick of it. And um, what have you learned as well so far? Give us a, a, an idea of some of the stuff that you've enjoyed. Yeah, so what I've learned most recently is more of the communication aspect. You know, um, even just addressing a person, you don't want them to seem like they're below you or that you're speaking down to them. So always try to keep at their level or even below and just know that you're there to help them, ask them for um, their consent and help them from there. And what have your parents thought about this? Because, you know, it's... Parents are always interested in, in, you know, what their kids do. So what have your mum and dad and and family had to say about this? My parents, it caught them off guard because they didn't even really know since this is a new program at our school. So they thought it was really interesting and were glad that I was one of the students picked to get this opportunity at hand first. My dad kind of... Like, he was surprised by it. I told my um, mom and grandparents about it, and they were thinking that that was a really good class to do since you could help everybody. And I'm living with my grandparents, and they're kind of old. So if anything happened to them, I could help them figure it out, like, what they have to do and stuff. Now, one of the things, obviously, here in America is that a lot of EMTs sort of volunteer at their local fire station and, and then maybe go on to, you know, a, a professional paid job. Is that something that is of maybe of interest to you as well? After the guest speakers talking, it definitely did become like an interest, talking about like making six figures, $20 an hour as an EMT, all that stuff. It's definitely interesting from, pay, from the pay standpoint. I'd say there's possible interest. It never crossed my mind before taking this class, so at least um, I'm grateful that I'm exposed to that thought now, but um, not fully sure yet. For sure, still thinking about it. And what would you say to anybody listening to this, maybe, you know, who are your age, um, uh, you know, at schools? I mean, do you think this is, uh, you clearly think this is a good course. Do you think it should be maybe taught in other schools? I do, because we had a guest speaker today and they talked about um, how even some kids like ventured off and became lawyers or you could stay in this field and become a vet. There's many different opportunities that you have in your future, but having this course under your belt is always useful. And Tyler, same final question to you. Any like thoughts to anybody else of your age who's listening to this? 
school, they should definitely look into doing this in different schools, and the students should definitely consider doing it because if they didn't want to do anything that had to do with this course, but with what they want to do, if that doesn't pan out, having this as a background, they could like find different careers and they could be really successful with it. Well, to you both, congratulations, and uh, look forward to following the, uh, your careers as uh, hopefully you go into this uh, very important field. So I'm talking to Chief Kevin Ide, who is Chief of the Dayville Fire Company, Chief Mark Scrivener, Chief of the Willimantic Fire Department, and Dr Irving Bookbinder, who is a instructor at Wyndham High School and also a volunteer firefighter. Gentlemen, thanks ever so much for joining me. We're talking about this new course at Wyndham High School, which will hopefully, in two years, see some new emergency medical technicians. Mark, I want to turn to you first about this, because it was something that you you did in in concert with the principal why was this so important to you you know we we've been trying to generate more local people in our job pool we've we want to hire people from Willimantic and Wyndham in the surrounding area and there simply hasn't been that big of a response during my tenure and so I came to the principal's predecessors a few times asking for this program to develop principal Kavanaugh saw the value of it and ran with it and I'm, I'm hoping in a few years some of these EMT students will be sitting across from me in a job interview that was the driving factor the secondary factor of course is giving these students an opportunity that they might not have otherwise had chief I you are the chief of, of Dayville Fire Company another very very busy fire department here here in eastern Connecticut. You're here today as a guest speaker. What did you want to get across to the students? Well, I wanted to talk about the diversity, equity, and inclusion. We want to look like we try to model our departments like our community, and without the proper applicants, we can never do that. So we have to find an avenue to get them where they can do better in the tests that they have to take for some of these jobs, and that comes from educating them. You are one of the highest qualified firefighters possibly in the country, certainly here in Connecticut. You're also a Native American, one of only six Native American chiefs, I believe, in the entire country. Why do you think so few Native Americans are interested in maybe joining the fire service? Well, I I think it also is opportunity. Like I'm saying, in my second half of my career, I want to try and get out to some of these reservations, and I'd like to see them get more involved into the wildland and urban interface firefighting where they can actually have opportunity to go out and fight fire seasonally but then come back to the reservation. Uh, Native Americans, when they get opportunity, it's not on the reservation. Dr. Bookbinder, you are the instructor here on the course here at Wyndham High School. You're also a volunteer firefighter along with uh, Chief Ide at uh, Dayville Fire Company. What are you getting out of this yourself so far since it's been going? I have to say that teaching is its own calling. And I've been teaching most of my life, one way or another, whether it was medicine or here at the high school. And I saw an opportunity here. Um, When I worked in the north end of Hartford at a community health service, you'd look into these kids' eyes and you saw no light. And we would ask them, you know, 10th, 11th graders, you'd say, so what do you want to be? And they would say, I don't know. really motivated me to do this work which is to turn on the light and let them see that there's opportunity, that it doesn't make any difference where you came from, who you are, what language you speak, what clothes you wear, that you can, too, be part of this larger community. And what sort of reaction are you getting so far from the students? It's mixed, obviously. They're, they're new to all of this. The pandemic has really driven us a little crazy. 
because they were without boundary. And so they come in here and they have to sit for 45 minutes to an hour and really do a heavily didactic course. It's medicine is a tough taskmaster. And what they are truly learning is medicine because if they don't understand those basics, if they don't understand how the body works, and medical school in a way, medical school light obviously, but that sort of thing, then they won't be able to perform as they go through. And the licensure nationally, the whole program has changed. EMR used to be a certificate program. Basically, you get told, okay, you did this. Now it's a national certification. It also requires skills exam that's done here in the state. The next level is obviously EMT and then paramedic, which is a higher level. It's 800 hours worth of instruction and basically an associate degree that goes along with that. But here, these kids, one of the reasons we bring in people like Chief Hyde, Chief Scrivener, who's been a tremendous supporter, is so that they can see people who have gone through the process and hear their stories. If they successfully go through this, this year they'll get an EMR. They actually have to take a national test and a skills exam. If they successfully do that, then they go into the EMT program, which is basically more stuff than they get here, much more intense sort of training. But in addition to all of that, they hopefully understand community and community service. My goal in all of this is not just fire and EMS, but to teach them that there's a whole open area to do community service, which includes the fire, the police side, the dispatch side, emergency management. There's a lot of avenues, and it doesn't necessarily have to be here. It can start here. But what I want to do is open their eyes to the possibilities. Chief Ida, I want to turn back to you because looking at the, the team that you have at Dayville Fire Company, I noticed looking through the pictures, your daughter is a firefighter there. So it works. I mean, you know, getting younger people, because this is one of the things I think that often happens in the world that we live in, is that young people are sort of like often maligned. They're told that they're lazy, etc. And we don't hear enough positive stories. Clearly, that is not the case. Tell us about your daughter's journey, you know, becoming a firefighter. Yeah, my, my daughter's been coming to Dayville since uh, she was little. So she's kind of been around it most of her life. She joined as a junior. She became an EMR, then an EMT. She went to college. She became an um, athletic trainer. And then when COVID hit and all the sports stopped, she went back and she's been working on an ambulance or two, making money to make ends meet. And now that school's picking back up with sports, she's kind of heading back that way. And she recently left my department to go to her boyfriend's department down the street. So it's still all good, though. But uh, she's uh, still a member in town. And one of the other things that we're hearing about is sadly the lack of volunteers. And certainly it is affecting so like firefighters and firefighting companies across the entire United States. Are you seeing that same problem as well? And, and if so, do you see courses like this helping to try and get that into people's minds, into young people's minds that, hey, you know, apart from the fact you're doing a course, you can also volunteer as well? Yeah, I think that this is this is a great avenue because what's happened in, uh, especially in Killingly, and I've seen a lot more other places, the fire prevention only goes out to one grade now in Killingly, and that's it. They never see us again. So we have to make that impression while they're really... Un- It'd be nice if we could continue that fire prevention. 
every you know, every few grades and keep getting back into the school and trying to remind them that we're still here because they you know nobody nobody sees us or hears of us until they call us absolutely mark i want to turn to you i mean one of the other driving forces behind all of this all three of you as we talk to you have incredible backgrounds mark your background you're an ex-air force firefighter um, you've clearly got a passion for this. Do you think it's coming across, and do you think you're, you're getting through to these young people? It, it remains to be seen, but I, I've seen some brightness in their eyes uh, on occasion. And uh, a few weeks ago, we had Chief Will Perez from Yukon Fire Department come, and Will told a story of, of coming from Puerto Rico and living in Bridgeport and having nothing, being as a child, having not even running water. And today he's um, the chief of a fantastic fire department. He's um, well compensated. He told them that they could follow the same path. And, boy, you should have seen them sit up straight when he told them what their financial opportunities, their financial uh, capabilities would be as a firefighter paramedic for the state of Connecticut. Um, I I think that's the first time I saw the kids sit up straight. And, And I want the message to come across that they can make a very good living as a firefighter EMT or a firefighter paramedic in the state of Connecticut. And uh, we're going to keep reinforcing that message every time we visit them here. Clearly, the whole point of this is to get people, the young local people, to stay here to become the firefighters, the EMTs of the future. But also, these are skills which are life skills, which you know they can actually use in in other industries. As we said, we don't want them to obviously leave, but I mean, these are incredible life skills they're being taught. You know, the EMT certification. The message we've been telling them is is you don't have to be a firefighter EMT. You can parlay that skill into a number of different careers. Chief, I'd mentioned his daughter, who's an athletic trainer. My daughter, who works now not only in an ambulance, but works in a, a hospital labor and delivery as well as a pediatric urgent care center with an EMT certification. You could go on to be a nurse, you can go on to be a doctor. This could be the door that they walk through to a number of different careers, and we want that message to get across to them. This potentially could be a model for the entire state, could it not? Because, I mean, it's, it started here. You've taken the chance. The school's taken the chance. This is something really that needs to be taught elsewhere. That's right. And, you know, we're certainly not the first ones to think of it. There have been EMT classes in other high schools in the state of Connecticut. However, for us, it's the right decision because we have not seen a lot of local candidates for our jobs, and we want to. And any community that wants to, to, to tap into the reserve of, of applicants that, that may exist that they haven't seen yet, I would encourage them to give this a, a thought to having an EMT program in their school. Well, Chief Kevin I, Chief Mark Scrivener and Dr. Irving Bookbinder, thank you, gentlemen, for the interview and also to the three of you. Thank you for your service. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Tree damage caused by high winds, hurricanes, or stormy weather? Green Valley Tree has you covered. We offer emergency storm service for residential, commercial, and even municipalities. From full removals, uprooted or broken trees to broken and fractured limbs, no job too big or small. If you need immediate emergency service outside our regular business hours, call our emergency hotline at 860-966-5710 and visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com for details of our other services. 
Time now for a look at some of the other stories making the headlines in the region recently. A Guildford, Connecticut bioscience firm has launched a new at-home COVID-19 test that can even detect the virus before someone becomes contagious. Owen K. Cordera is the chief business officer and co-founder of Detect, the company behind the new test. It is a unique molecular rapid test that combines the sensitivity of lab-based PCR tests with the speed, cost, and convenience advantages of rapid antigen tests. So it's a new offering for folks who in the past have had to choose between inexpensive but inaccurate tests and expensive and accurate tests that take days to come back. So this is like the best of both worlds. The test uses a simple nose swab and can provide results at home in around an hour and can also detect the Delta and Omicron variants. The test costs $75 and has been given emergency use authorization by the FDA. It can be purchased online at detect.com. Foxwoods Casino and Resort officially opened their permanent DraftKings Sportsbook recently. Back in October, the casino opened its doors to online sports betting and gambling for the first time, after Connecticut passed laws legalizing them. Rodney Butler is the chairman of the Mashantucket Pequot Tribal Nation, owners of Foxwoods, and said the revenue so far for this new type of gambling has been encouraging. The first two weeks, they were great beyond our original forecast. We held well on sports, as you could see. Casino was in line with what we were thinking. November, you'll see those results coming out shortly, and those were pretty much in line with what we saw in September. But it's a long game, and barely in the first inning, and a long ways to go. We're just going to keep making the product even better. Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, and the Lottery recently delivered $1.7 million of tax revenue to Connecticut's general fund, around 18% of their gross income from the new services in just the first two weeks since being open to the public. The state of Connecticut has appointed its very first geographic information officer. The position will be held by Alfredo Herrera, a geographic information specialist whose work helped the city of New Haven win an award for using data for transformational change. Herrera says it's like map making but with a digital twist and says there are many recognizable examples in the real world of this type of work. The Johns Hopkins COVID map, which is very topical, that is GIS at its core. It's showing where things happen, aggregate them and making them easier to understand so that you don't have to be a subject matter expert like myself to know what you're being shown, knowing what the problem is. Herrera will begin his job in January 2022 and will help the state's Office of Policy and Management with better information for analysis, planning and delivering of key services in the state and its municipalities. In the day this week, an attorney for the Diocese of Norwich told a federal bankruptcy court judge that it expects to file a proposed bankruptcy plan by April 1st to resolve claims by at least 70 people who say they were sexually assaulted by priests and employees affiliated with the diocese. During the remote hearing before Judge James Tancredi, attorneys for both the Roman Catholic Diocese and the committee that represents the claimants also agreed to a plan that temporarily would limit the large sums of money being spent by the diocese on legal and financial service fees. Over the past few months, attorneys for the alleged victims, as well as Tancredi, have expressed concern that the millions of dollars in fees will reduce the money that eventually will be available to distribute to the victims. Tancredi told the attorneys that one of the worst experiences for a judge or attorney is to discover the pocketbook is empty for the victims because the legal fees exhausted the assets and there is no way to recover them. 
In the Norwich Bulletin this week, even though she didn't say a word, you could tell that Xi'an Jean was happy with her new bike at the Tommy Toy Fund distribution site in Norwich recently. It didn't hurt that Santa Claus was around to make sure everything went well. Since 1974, the Tommy Toy Fund, working with the United Way of Southeastern Connecticut, has been providing toys and other holiday gifts to families in need. Between December 15th and 16th, this year's distribution days, the program will provide gifts to 3,573 children across 1,600 local families. According to Scott Umbrell, the Vice President of Community Impact for the United Ways of Southeastern Connecticut. And in the Chronicle this week, a fatal incident late last month in Mansfield has prompted local leaders to take action regarding pedestrian safety. At a recent town council meeting, Mansfield town manager Ryan Ellsworth said the town wants to create pedestrian safety improvements to prevent tragedies like the one that happened on November 30th. That night, a 28-year-old graduate student at the University of Connecticut was struck and killed by an automobile while walking in a crosswalk on South Eagleville Road. In the days following this tragedy, town officials have been in communication with State Department of Transportation and Yukon officials to discuss steps to reduce the potential for such a tragedy happening again. To this end, a joint letter to be signed by Mansfield Mayor Antonio Moran and Yukon Interim President Andrew Agunobi to the DOT is presently being developed. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at connecticut-east.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East this week. And you can listen to the show again on our social platforms on demand. And please like, follow and share on your social media too. I'm Brian Scott Smith. Thank you for listening.